and welcome to the Rankings Podcast that answers the age-old question, what were our favorite albums from 2022? I'm Danny Weiser, with me as always is my co-host and the sexy baby to my monster on a hill. It's Ty McGowan. <laughs> Ty, what's up, dude? What's up? You ready to hear some Pitchfork reviews? Oh my god, dude. I'm, I have been dreading this for a year. It's, I just I, There are some good ones. It hasn't been a great year for music, but there are some good Pitchfork reviews. Are the people at Pitchfork my nemesis? I don't, I don't know. know. Nemesis? Is that the right one? Sure. But they nemesis. get it right. So like Yeah, but they're so <laughs> annoying about it. None of anything they say is like it's the most pretentious nonsense I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm just, I'm exhausted already. We haven't even started. But your only other option is the Rolling Stones and they're idiots. Whoever makes their list are just like BuzzFeed list rejects. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I just man, I'm not ready to hear these pitchwork reviews. Um let's just get into it. You should you should this start is... your own website. And it's just anti-pitchfork. Yeah, Phoebe Bridger's new album, yeah, it was awesome. All right, moving on. To the- <laughs> That's how I write out my letterbox reviews. My letterbox reviews are the least film critique <laughs> reviews of all time. Really good album. Re- Glad she's dating uh, Bo Burnham now. Okay, moving on. <laughs> my review for Banshees of Minas Sharon was like, "Do you guys like me? Yes or no?" It's not even talk about the movie. <laughs> That's what I should do for for albums. Uh, except I'm even dumber when it comes to music than I am movies. So all of my reviews just be like, this slaps. There's, here's <laughs> here's the thing though. You can't totally be mad at pitchfork. Cause one of the best jokes in pop star, never stop, never stopping. It's when he's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's go to pitchfork and see what they gave me. And it's like, ah, oh, it's just the shit emoji. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Um, goodness, this is one of our uh, one of our annual episodes. Annual? We've yeah. got we've got these. We've got the the twenty twenty two movies. We got the rankings. We got most anticipated. So um, always excited to knock this out. Less excited now that the pitchfork reviews have become a standing bit. But here we are. It's fine. I'm list A. Okay. So if you're ready, yeah. My first honorable mention is Bloom by Emmanuel. This one dropped January 28th. Um, my, my honorable mentions theme, it's all instrumental. Uh, all okay. instrumental albums for my for all my honorable mentions. This is just a short, simple, lo-fi hip-hop album that I've been digging most of the year. Um, it's just super smooth and simple lo-fi hip-hop beats that kind of get me through the workday. This is what's in my ear most of my workday. If I'm not watching like a movie or a TV show on a second screen while I'm sitting at my desk working, I'm listening to lyricless lo-fi hip-hop so this has just kind of been a standard one that has been pretty heavy in the rotation for me so i thought just for like number of listens alone it, it deserved a spot there you go yeah mentions um my next honorable mention is the seventh hand by emmanuel wilkins Different, um, different person. 
Yeah, spelled differently. This okay. one is uh, with an I. The first one's with an E. Um, uh, weirdly enough, both named Emmanuel dropped the same day. This one also dropped January 28th. There's something um, going on there. <laughs> except he is a jack saxophonist. Jazz saxophonist. Okay. Um, and he's like younger than us, which is annoying. It always bums me out when I see younger people yep. me, me doing really cool things. I've got so. someone on my list who's like way younger than us. <laughs> I feel like most of my list is younger than us. It really sucks. Um, this album is just beautiful jazz music, and it's perfect, which is like, it's interesting because I'm pretty famously not super into jazz. But I think it's the very specific what? type of jazz that feels like the, the bandmates are fighting each other on stage and all playing different songs and seeing who can play the loudest. That's the type of jazz that I'm not really into. But you go um, to the Sherman Jazz Club like every weekend. There is, a, I think there's like a museum, like a jazz museum or something yeah. in Sherman. It's got to be the the little rinkiest, weirdest place of all time. You wear your I suit and your hat and you go in there and you smoke a really tiny cigarette. <laughs> And then you just get really excited for the new Damien Chazelle movie because it's going to have a lot of jazz in it. I don't like this character that you're painting for me. I don't enjoy this. Um, I I like this album a lot. Few instruments for me are more pleasant to listen to than a well-played saxophone. Um, And he's so, so, so good at it. And so this is like when jazz is the right kind of jazz for me, I think it's incredible. It's just very easy to make annoying jazz, I think. But this is great. Yeah. Uh, and then my final honorable mention is Imagine Naked by Oh Young. Uh, this one dropped on it. Yeah, this one dropped on uh, April 22nd. This whole album is written and composed over 72 hours, which is just wild to me, how people go through these like manic fits of productivity and come out with something that's awesome and one of my favorite things of the year. Adderall, man. Um, All Adderall. <laughs> the, the genre is described as ambient, which when I first saw it, I thought it was kind of annoying. Um, but listening to it more, it's like kind of the only word to use to describe it. It's like, it's lots of synth and like shifting from one ear to the other. And um, it's hard for me to describe because I'm not famously not a music boy. Uh, But listening to this album was such an interesting experience for me that I wanted to to put it on my list. It's like, it's very, lots of like different layers of synths that are like bouncing from ear to ear and kind of shifting and feel like it's going all around you. And it's like, it, the whole album was just so trippy in a very, very cool and interesting way. And I really, really dug this. That's awesome. Yeah. I've got some, I've got one, um, just straight up instrumental album and then one like half inter- instrumental album coming up mm. later. So nice. Um, okay, nice. So my honorable mention is movie soundtracks, not scores, nice. soundtracks, mm-hmm. which I was driving today and was like, I should have put scores because Tobin has said he doesn't listen to lyrics when he listens to a song, which is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> um, and I should have just done movie scores. It would have been way better. Yeah, you, um, yeah, you should have just catered to the judge because you don't want to do another punishment episode. I get it. We have broken yeah. this show, I think. Yes, I had to do the punishment <laughs> episode, so I don't want to yeah. do it again. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have broken this show and we have just opened the door to blatant pandering from here on out. Um, okay, first one is a movie called Do Revenge. It's uh, 
It's a Netflix movie uh, starring Maya Hawk that came out this year. Wasn't it that great? But the soundtrack is awesome. It's brutal out of here. You have songs on there like Dreams by the Cranberries, How's It Going by Third Eye Blind, and Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, Great, great soundtrack. Really, really fun to listen to. Kind of distracts you from how bad the movie is. Um, Next, we got two great movies. First, Elvis. We're lost in a cloud with too much rain. We're trapped in a world. That's trouble with pain. Songs, uh, my top songs from that album, Can't Help Falling in Love by Casey Musgraves. If I Can mm-hmm. Dream by Elvis, which is the part of the movie that just like, that's like my favorite part of the entire movie. Um, and then the toxic Las Vegas Elvis Britney Spears remix. That is just yep. an absolute banger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, my, in my, you know, totally unbiased opinion. The best movie soundtrack of the year is Top Gun. So yeah. You've got Hold My Hand by Lady Gaga. Great song. Won't Get Fooled Again. One of the best needle drops when Maverick splits those planes. You've got the Top Gun anthem, you know. You can't beat that. And then Danger Zone by the legendary Kenny Loggins. Sir Kenny Loggins. Yeah. He should be knighted for, for Danger Zone. Yeah, no one Republic pension? It's good, but it's not <laughs> better no, than it. playing yeah. with the boys. Yep, 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 yep. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, if you were going to talk movie anything this episode and not mention Top Gun Maverick, we were going to fight. I was gonna, I was going to jump off the call. Hey, nominated for Best Picture deservedly there is a chance i saw i listen this is not the episode for this i saw a like you know variety every year they do a lot of oscar coverage they predicted top gun maverick is the winner that's the only little window i needed to be so annoying about top gun maverick (laughs) through this whole process hey danny the last like eight years the oscar winner for best picture did not have the most Oscar nominations out of all the. I'm just saying, there's a chance. I'm, yeah, I'm. There's, there's a chance. chance. <laughs> Let, let's just be more obnoxious than we've ever been about anything about Top Gun Maverick winning Best Picture. I texted my dad. Top Gun Maverick got nominated for Best Picture. His reply: Crap! I have to watch the Oscars now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it does. Between that and the song from RRR getting nominated for best song so it means they're going to perform it yeah. you have to watch the oscars this year yeah that alone is going to be worth it um okay let's get into our list my number 10 is ali by krongbin September 23rd this is one of my favorite bands um, I I really really love them they always attach themselves to really interesting singers to make albums with since they're just they're three instrumentalists they're not lead singers themselves 
Um, they're an American musical trio from Houston, consisting of Laura Lee on bass, Mark Spear on guitar, and David Donald or, and Donald Johnson Jr. on drums. They made a lot of music with Leon Bridges, which obviously is the reason that I know that they exist and started getting into their music because of all of the really incredible stuff they've made with uh, with Leon Bridges. This album is a collaboration with View Farcature, um, who's a blues and reggae artist from Mali. Uh, it's actually covers of songs originally by View's father Ali, which is of course why it's called that. Uh, the album's, album's in French, so of course I don't understand the words, but the music is this perfect blend of blues and jazz and reggae that I'm just so, so, so into. And most of the songs are like half instrumental and then half these really chill vocals that View comes in with that are just so good. Um, this has been my favorite album to listen to while driving this year it's just really good vibes for for driving around town yeah i've seen them live and they do not disappoint they're very so good man i love them a lot um okay my number 10 being funny in a foreign language by the 1975 Uh, favorite songs from this album about you i'm in love with you happiness i love the 1975 i've been following them since they did a show at a local record shop here in houston when i was in high school and have just been following them since they're they're awesome i still listen to their albums all the time i i love 1975 they're the perfect like pop without being you know without feeling like it's just totally manufactured um, yeah, there are a few bands that I'm more hot or cold on than 19. 19- they they come out with a lot of stuff that I love and a lot of stuff that I'd really deeply hate, but this is one of their better ones for me in uh, the last while. Yeah, um, and here is their a snippet, just a snippet from their Pitchfork review. Jesus. On their fifth album, the British Quartet embraces the discomfort that comes with being direct. Atop stripped-back arrangements befitting 11 tracks consumed by matters of the heart, Healy reckons with his tendency to sabotage his own happiness. I got it. I found it. I've just got to keep it. He sings of love midway through the record, psyching himself up. Loving and living may be a daunting pursuit, but the 1975 sound more than ready to try it. Whatever. <laughs> that wasn't nearly as bad as what most of them are, but it's still Oh, yeah, annoying. no. It gets worse, Danny. <laughs> <sighs> Pitchfork. They're my enemies. Everybody that works at Pitchfork is my enemy. I'm sorry. Okay. Are you done? You're yeah, done, right? Yeah. With, <laughs> with Pitchfork for this pit. God, need a break. All right. My number nine is uh, Laurel Hell by Mitski. drop february 4th it's the sixth studio studio album by bitsky i really dig her and i have since i heard her in hearts beat loud which you know i love it's one of my favorite one yep. of my favorite movies um she always has such interesting like effects and filters applied to her music and her voice that i've that i'm super super into i like i like what she chooses and the um all the effects that specifically she puts on her voice it sounds like 
not that she's singing through a vocoder, but there's clearly some sort of like filter there that I think is really, really cool and makes her sound uh, even better than Charity is. Um, I love her blend of synth and pop and rock, and I'm always excited when she drops new music. This album actually reached number one on the U.S. rock and U.S. Al- alternative album charts from Billboard. So shout out, Mitski. I think my favorite song is The Only Heartbreaker. For nice. This. There's a few that I really love, This that one especially. Yeah, that's a good one. Um Okay, my number nine is Gemini Rights by Steve Lacey. So I found out about this guy because he featured on Sunflower by Vampire Weekend, and mm-hmm. I'm a known huge Vampire Weekend nerd. Um, but everyone else probably knows him from TikTok. So his my favorite songs from his Bad Habit, you know TikTok, huge TikTok song, Static, another huge TikTok song, and Helmet. Um, but yeah, Steve Lacey's great. He it's just very his, the sounds that he it's it's weird it's like not pop it's not r&b it's not rock but it's somewhere all in between um mm-hmm. it's really good it's kind of like a millennial or not millennial it's like a gen z version of prince which sounds like a big hype up but it's yeah he's not as good as prince like i said this was a very much a down year for music but you know it, it it's good um mm-hmm. his pitchfork review uh it's not that long so don't worry um, on his second full-length album, the guitarist and producer songs are engorged and confident, powered by deaf mm. performances and focused storytelling. Yeah, I really hit that word because I knew you <laughs> you would like it. <laughs> do, do they have to use the word engorged? They couldn't. It's the only way to describe it. It's the only way to describe a song. Anything else other than engorged. It's the only way. It's the only way to describe a song. I watched Nope last night, and it kept saying deep squelching (laughs) on the closed captions, and it made me so uncomfortable. I hated it. (laughs) Oh, God. If they they weren't annoying enough already, they're using words like engorged. (laughs) All right. My number eight, uh, it's the first of two hip-hop albums I have on my list. It's Spaceships on the Blade by Larry June. I just ran a couple miles and bust a move before seven. Smile on my face when I count, it's a fetish. First, you got to take your passion, then apply pressure. You f***ed around and spent your whole advance on a necklace. Uh, Dropped August 19th. He is a rapper from San Francisco. He's released a ton, like a ton of underground albums and mixtapes and stuff like that. He puts out kind of a ridiculous amount of music every year. Um, But he makes like 90s California hip hop. Like think back to like the Tupac, Dr. Dre beats, you know, like the the piano that they were using and putting the effects over to get that very like distinct Bay Area hip hop sound. Death Row Records, you know. Yeah, he does a lot. He has a lot of beats like that. His very like a very laid back flow that's very reminiscent of like '90s California hip hop um, that I just, I really really dig. I think my favorite song off this album is uh, "Court Madera, California." Nice. So I think you would dig Larry June. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, you always come in with rappers I've never heard of. That's like an annual tradition mm-hmm. for you. This is the one. For sure. There's another rapper that you've definitely heard of later, uh, but this is the one that I think you should check out. Yeah. 
Um, okay, my number eight is Surrender by Maggie Rogers. It all works out in the end. You go, that's where I am. Boulders turn into sand. Wherever you go, that's where I am. Love Maggie Rogers. She she is kind of like the the pop you know star that I'm most looking forward to because she really mm-hmm. hasn't hit like the the limelight yet. She got mm-hmm. her first like SNL appearance this year and and stuff like that. But I, I don't think she's really going to hit that like stardom until like maybe the next album. Um, but she's I mean she's awesome. She she wrote this album, so it's the title of this album is also the title of her thesis while she was at Harvard divinity school after she finished her second or first album. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is amazing, like cr- kind of crazy that she was just at Harvard divinity school and also making just bomb music. Um, but my favorite songs from her, are that's where I am want, want an overdrive and the pitchfork review uh, on surrender. She sounds renewed submitting to the pull of her heart without apology. She plays hooky from adulthood on the upbeat Be Cool and gives into her carnal instincts on Want Want. She's turning off <laughs> she's turning off the radio and listening to the wind instead of suffering through that song I'm supposed to know by some fucking bro as she teases on any anywhere with you. She's still processing her whirlwind rise to fame and learning what to prioritize. She plays hooky from adulthood, and then she gives in to her carnal dis- instincts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it gets worse. Did you hear my eyes roll when you said plays hooky from adulthood? I just I saw you shaking your head. And I <laughs> yeah, I uh, honestly I forgot about this. Should have been on my list. I love this album. I love Maggie Rogers. She was on my list last year. I yeah. think. I think she was um, on both of our lists last year. Yeah, should have been this year. Forgot. Just, <laughs> just completely forgot that this came up. Um, okay, my number seven is "Untidy Soul" by Sam Henshaw. Came out January twenty eighth. He is kind of an old school jazz crooner. His voice, not not all the music that he makes, but his voice makes me think of like an old school jazz crooner. They're gonna be if you look him up and you listen to him, the first thing you're gonna think is John Legend, um, and yeah. that's the comparison that you see online when people are talking about Sam Henshaw. And it, like they're warranted. He definitely sounds kind of similar to John Legend, but uh, I think he makes kind of different different type he i think he has a little more fun and goes a little more out of the box than john legend does with with his music um he just has a really beautiful voice makes a type of jazz that helps keep it relevant in this century um i found out about him because he did a song on his album with my favorite rapper toby and wigway that i've talked about a bunch on here um he has a song on this album called chicken wings that's just so fun and catchy and silly and i love it but my favorite uh, song on this album um, is the one with Toby. It's called Take Time. It's really, really good. I think you dig Sam Henshaw. Yeah, I, I know who this is. This He's cool. He's awesome. He's really good. Okay, my number seven. It might be my number seven, but the album title is definitely number one on this list. It's Dragon New Warm Mountain I Believe in You by Big Thief. My 
I, I hadn't heard of this until I saw your list and I listened to it. It's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. They're they're kind of that indie band that has somehow been super successful for a very long time and no one really still knows about them. Um, but my favorite uh, songs from this is Certainty, Change, Simulation Swarm. Um, big And then here's the uh, Pitchfork uh, review. Uh, big Thief have always been defined by the interplay between folksy singer guitarist adrian linker and her expansive improvisatory group in 2019 they released a pair of albums ufof and two hands that seemed to map the range of their sound from airy and ethereal to ragged and visceral three years later the 20 song double album dragon new warm mountain i believe in you brings all their breathless styles together and then some consider it contemporary brooklyn Indie Rock's answer to the Beatles' White Album or Prince's Sign of the Times. Okay, that was like a super normal good review until they just decided to bring in Prince and the Beatles. Yeah, they compared this. Just, this is the Brooklyn Indie Rock's answer to the Beatles' White Album. That's what people have been waiting. People for years have just been sitting around like, when is Brooklyn Indie Rock going to have an answer to the Beatles and Prince? But like out of all the indie like New York bands, (sighs) this is the one, not Vampire Weekend. (laughs) I just, it was a good review. Yeah. Until the end. Yeah. It was genuinely, I was like, none of this is overly flowery for no reason. This all makes sense. It's like a well-written review. And then we bring in Prince and the Beatles. Pitchfork, you're annoying. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number six is Sometimes Forever by Soccer Mommy. Drop June 24th. Um, it's Sophie Allison, aka Soccer Mommy's third studio album. It's more of what I love about her. I think I talked about her on the first, like, didn't we do like a 2020 albums episode? Yep. I think she came up. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, really dig her. Uh, she is indeed singer, songwriter, which of course is my jam uh, with interesting, meaningful lyrics and fun indie rock tracks. I love her voice, the type of music she continues to put out. She's one of those artists that doesn't get a ton of radio play and never does super well in the charts. Like she has a lot of songs on Spotify that like don't even have a million listens type thing, which is a big number. But I, I, I thought she was big enough and well-known enough that that would have been an easy for like most of her songs. It's just, I guess she's not quite there yet. Um, she always appears on a lot of the like best albums of the year list by me, like by the pitchfork and rolling stones of the world. She appears on a lot of those best albums of the year lists. Um, my favorite song is probably shotgun, which is also her most successful single off the album. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, this is not the first or second time we've talked about soccer mommy. Yeah. Yeah, I have a very specific memory of you rolling your eyes at her name, which I definitely get, but I like her a lot. Um, okay, my number six is Renaissance by Beyonce. Yeah, 
before the beehive gets mad at me, just remember we're two idiots making a podcast. Just, just calm down. It's okay. not even on my list, so they, they're going to come for me if they go for anybody. The beehive needs to just calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite songs of this album are Cuff It, which is everyone knows from TikTok, uh, Break My Soul and Energy. A lot of just dancey music on here. Just really fun to like roll down the windows and, and crank mm-hmm. up. Uh, That's my favorite Beyonce, too, is when she just puts out fun dance music. Yep. This is also the number one album uh, on the Pitchfork uh, Top 50 Albums of the Year. Um, but here's their uh, review of it. Uh, Renaissance revels in the emancipatory magic as Beyonce lends her voice to a Harlem Vogue ball. Bays in undulating R&B m- God. melismas <laughs> and spits over four on the floor rhythms. I want to die. <laughs> seamlessly threading it all into her own resplendent cosmology watch her golden falsetto levitate on the roller rink sparkle of of cuff it feel how a jagged dimbo rhythm slices through her velvet melodies on i'm that girl or let bay's demands to release earth earthly anxieties on break my soul compel you into movement I want to fight this person. That's the most annoying thing I've ever listened to in my life. They had to use the word undulating. They've already used engorged. They also have to use undulating. What are we doing, you freaks? I hate them. We're not done, man. We have really. five more. That's the word we have to use, undulating. Jesus. I'm so mad right now. I'm so mad. I hate, That was the worst one ever. I should just start making these lists with the most ridiculous pitchfork reviews and put them in order of top ten. I hate it. Um, God, that would be a fun bonus episode where I don't even make a list. You just rank the top ten most annoying pitchfork reviews, and I react. <laughs> That'd be a wild card episode. It's all oh, that's a perfect punishment episode. <laughs> just make me listen to a bunch of pitchfork reviews. Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sweating just thinking about having to do that. Okay. Um, my number five is Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. Dropped on May 12th. This is uh, Hayden Anadonia, who goes with a stage name Ethel Kane's debut studio album. Uh, it slaps. It's very Americana, which is uh, I and everybody else are realizing that is probably my favorite genre of music. Um, it's apparently a concept album that centers around this character she came up with that she originally wanted to make into like an A24 style dark and creepy movie, but decided to turn it into an album instead. I assume for like money reasons, because yeah. making a movie is expensive. Um, I don't know. I'm not musically inclined enough to pick on themes and narratives throughout an album. That never occurs to me. I just listen to the songs and like enjoy them or don't enjoy them. You know what I mean? So I'm not the idiot to, to pick up on the story that she's telling. Um, I just know she makes music that I love. Uh, but the re- the reason this album isn't higher is the concept that like you st- it, it just gets weirder. <laughs> like a lot of the back half of this is weirder, and one of the songs is just like creepy and like haunted screams, and it's just like I don't. I don't real. I don't fully get it. It's one of those deals where you look it up and everyone's like, "This is genius. This is the smartest thing I've ever seen." I'm I'm sure it is for people who are much smarter than I am. 
Um, I just she has a song called Ptolemaea, which is I guess like one of the layers of hell, and she is talking about these really deep, dark themes of this character that she created. But it's just like creepy, spooky. <laughs> and I don't, I don't what's, know. I don't get it. What's the album title? Preacher's Daughter. Preacher's by Daughter. Ethel yeah. Um, I it just this song, this album has such high highs. They're like five songs on it that I really dearly love and listen to regularly. There are also like three or four songs that I hate and will never <laughs> listen to again, which is why this isn't, isn't quite a bit higher. Um, my favorite song is either a house in Nebraska or American teenager, kind of depending on my mood, American teenagers, a lot more like positive Americana and a house in Nebraska is much slower and more emotional, but this, it, it's really good. The stuff that I like, I love. Do you want to, do you want to hear a little snippet from the preacher's daughter, uh, pitchfork? Oh, God, it's, it's not that long. It's really not that bad. There's just one word that I've never seen before in my entire life. Uh, okay, but uh, on her debut album, the 24 year old Tallahassee native briefly briefly makes good on her instinct for mass appeal pop anthems, but mostly of the 76 minute album dwells on ro- royal roiling gloom and smoldering Americana. Royaling, like R O I L I N G, royaling. Okay, well, at least it's not undulating or engorged, you know. The first sentence of the entire, of the major review is Ethel Kane's relationship with Pop is nearly as complicated as her relationship with God. That's kind of a theme of yeah. the album that I was, that I was reading is it's, it's a lot about like, I don't know, a lot of stuff that I'm not equipped to get into on this podcast. Uh, roiling apparently means to like make a liquid muddy. Okay. It's like muddy something. So, so they could have whatever. used muddy. Probably. They <laughs> certainly could have. But yeah, I just, this is one of those that like, I'm not going to sit and listen to the album start to finish, which is why it's number five and not like number two on right. my list. But the songs that I like from this, I love from this. And so it's worth a listen for that reason alone. And if you're more musically inclined than I am and you pick up on themes and pay closer attention to lyrics and can tell the story they're telling, it might be genius and incredible. It's just not anything I care about. Yeah. Um, okay. My number five is a return. Of one of your favorite bands. It's wet leg by wet leg. Uh, appeared I tried on our... really hard. I listened to him again. Whenever oh. like I saw this was on your list, I listened again. I was like, I it's I don't like this. Appeared on our uh, songs we're listening to now list. Uh, my favorite songs from this album are "Wet Dream," "Being in Love," and of course, Danny's favorite "Shay's Lounge." No, oh, thank you. <laughs> I get it. This also showed up on a lot of like best albums of 2022 year list. Just not my. Not my thing. <laughs> this didn't so make sorry. the Pitchfork top 50. Oh, I, wow. I have two in my top five that didn't make the top 50. Uh, but um, their little snippet review, um, the British indie rock duo ha- have hooks stuffed with bait and a keen eye for assessing self-delusion. Their debut is the sound of two women stoking mutiny from a slow descent into madness. Which I feels like how Danny feels when he listens or to like, this album. Or, or like it's the sound of guitars. <laughs> Could be that too. 
It could also be that. I don't know. No, it's two women stoking mutiny from a slow descent into madness. That's that's uh, yeah, you're right. That's the first thing I heard too. Oh. I would love Dandy's spark notes of Pitchfork. <laughs> two women stoking mutiny. Uh, yeah, two women playing guitars. <laughs> God, I'm exhausted. All right. Um, my number four is Blood Harmony by Larkin Poe. I'm hoping my stars gonna shine, shine across the daylight. Tennessee, keep Georgia. Tennessee, keep Georgia. Tennessee, keep Georgia. Off of my mind. Dropped November 11th. Larkin Post's two sisters from Georgia named Rebecca and Megan Lovell. They apparently named themselves after like a great, great, great grandfather or something whose name was Larkin Poe, who was apparently like a cousin of Edgar Allan Poe. There you go. Which is yeah. just dope. I just think that's so dope. And I think Lark, like just naming your band after a great, great, great grandparent named Larkin Poe is so sick. I love it so much. I love everything about it. Um, they're a straight up Southern rock band with like a really fun, but not overbearing amount of country influence. Um, I mean, they're from Georgia, so of course it's going to be, uh, definitely some country influence. A lot of it's FGL like, influence. Florida, Georgia. Line. No, no, thank you. Um, it's like, it, it's like if ZZ Top's lead singer was Bonnie Raitt. That's what Larkin Poe is, and it's so sick, dude. It's so sick. I love them so much. I I just randomly found them on a playlist. I was scrolling through like a few months ago, and I just I've been hooked since. They would be higher on my list, like much higher, like probably number two, maybe number one, because of how much I enjoy them. Um, if I didn't just find out about them recently, so I, not quite enough time to sink in. Uh, my favorite song, I think, off this album is "Georgia Off My Mind." Oh, nice. Which I really dig. If, if you haven't listened to them, you should. You would really dig them, I think. They sound familiar, but I, I can't. I don't think I've, I've heard them. They're yeah. so sick. It's such it's such a fun southern rock country mix that I just I dig a lot. Heck yeah. Um, okay, my number four is the uh, completely instrumental album on my list. It's In These Times by Micaiah McCraven. Um, I didn't pick any favorite songs for this one because it's one of those where you just kind of throw it on and zone out. Um, but it's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's what my, all of my honorable mentions are exactly yep. that. I had a hard time picking clips. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's like a I, – I listened to this a lot while I was working this year. Um, it's it's great. It's very jazzy, but, you know, not annoying jazzy. Um, but here we go. Uh, Pitchfork review. on In these times, the Chicago mainstay reaches – a high watermark for this technique, crafting an LP that isn't quite jazz or ambient or R&B. Throughout the record, he splits the difference between genres, creating amorphous sounds with odd time signatures, untethered to arbitrary tags. Though it took him seven years to complete amid other projects, in these times proves that there's patience and in, in pa- uh, proves that patience is virtuous and that ambiguousness can resonate. Not too bad. That, that one was okay. That's yeah. not bad. Not too bad. Nothing overly annoying with that one. Good job, Pitchfork. <laughs> Look at you. 
I was so I was gritting my teeth trying to figure out what they were gonna what kind of meaning they were gonna apply to this instrumental album, and I was just I was bawling my fist, but they didn't go there. Good for them. Okay, uh, my number three, unsurprisingly, it's moments by Toby and Wigway. The USA government put my pipe in my wife right after the covenant. Pissed the right by my side, contemplate dumping it. Only if a demon tries scheming or touch me. Ooh, yeah. Big drip on me, don't trip. My slip down hydro climb. Ooh, yeah. Whole squad ball so hard on God, my biro game. Dropped August 7th, obviously. He's my favorite rapper. Um, talked about him on like eight episodes. <laughs> like, like every time. 80% every time of our music episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I can't stop. Okay. I even texted you. I was like, hey. Bit of a conundrum here. If I put this on my list, Tobin will know it's my list. If I don't, my list will be a lie. <laughs> so I couldn't figure out what to do. He also, I mean, just... Tobin's going to know whose list is whose because my number <laughs> yeah. one album I've talked about throughout the entire year. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, the, He's just, he's high energy, bass heavy, fast flow hip hop. And I'm just so, so into it. Um, I can't say much about him that I haven't said on like 30 other episodes. This album is just kind of more of what I love about him. Like he didn't break the mold here. He kind of just kept doing what he is very good at and the type of stuff that I really, really love from him. Um, there's a song on this album called Catfish Blackened with Grits with CeeLo Green, who kind of just yells in the background half of the song. He's like the hype man that is just like repeating the last word Toby says of each line, but like kind of yells it. And it's so funny. And then CeeLo comes in and sort of like rap sings about catfish and grits. <laughs> it's just like, it's really funny and weird, but like also still a very good song. Um, I think my favorite off of this album though is Been Broke with Two Chains and Chameleonaire. He probably had Chameleonaire. There you go. Houston's own. I love it. I know. It's so good. <laughs> uh yeah, he's great. Uh he's he's skyrocketing in Houston right now. He hasn't really hit I'm, it in the rest yeah. of the country, but like he is skyrocketing right now. I have multiple Houston artists on my list. You're so Houston, bro. Should be. I am, dude. Apparently. Um, okay, my number three is a uh, indie band that has been around for forever. Um, it's Blue Rev by Alves. Um, there are, I guess, always, but they spell it with two Vs. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's like churches. Um, right. Uh, my favorite songs from this album, Pharmacist, After the Earthquake, Impressed. Um, yeah, I love this. I love this album. I love Always. They they have been around for forever since I was in like middle school. I've been listening to them since I was in middle school. They're they're awesome. They're a great kind of indie band that you can just throw on and kind of zone out in their music. Um, but here's the um, the Pitchfork review. Um, although Molly Rankin and company have ascended into the wiser terrain of their thirties, they the still, what, no? sorry, the what terrain, the wiser, wiser, you. you know, smart, you. not, yeah. Like me, like uh, me, uh, my although, last name. I'm going to have to restart now though. Cause you interrupted me. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just needed to point out that I'm, I'm getting name dropped in a pitchfork review. Apparently. Sick. Um, although <laughs> Molly Rankin and company have ascended into their wiser terrain of their thirties, they still summon the dizzying emotions of your rookie years when the sense of paralysis and betrayal seems so acute in their world. College is a bore pet 
uh, pedantic poetry sucks and solace is that one good song on the radio. This is an album to come home to with squalling arrangements and melodies so immediate and sublime. It's like you've been singing them your whole life. On um, Blue Rev always proves they were the one they were the ones all along. That wasn't too bad. I'm a little annoyed at the use of the word squalling. Um, but that wasn't that could have been much worse. I think my bar is just super low for pitchfork because I was pretty okay with that one. Um, okay, my number two is Teeth Marks by S.G. Goodman. Oh, you know I did. No, you see me do. Oh, maybe in time you'll see things my way. See things my way. Um, dropped on June 3rd. She is a singer-songwriter from Kentucky who makes Americana, folksy, indie rock music. Um, her voice has this sort of nervous-sounding vibrato to it that I love. There's there's certainly a better way to describe that that I just I don't know what it is, and that's what came to mind. She just, like, nervous is the best way that I could that I could think to, to describe it. Yeah. Um, I actually found out about her because she did a tiny desk a few months ago. And it ruled. I didn't. I had no idea who she was before that. Um, you hear her talk, and she's Kentucky as hell in the very best way. She's just straight up through and through Kentucky, and I love it so so much. I'm such a big fan. Um, I really, even if you don't go listen to this album, I need people to go listen to her and watch that Tiny Desk because um, it's a very very good one. And I think it's like only three months old. Um, she has a song called Patron Saint of the Dollar Store that's like surprisingly beautiful. When you read the title, you think it would be like a joke song, right. um, and it's not. It's just <laughs> really kind of like an emotionally stirring, really beautiful song. Uh, I think my favorite though is the title track, "Teeth Marks." Yeah, I, I've She's seen the title. Great. I yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, big uh, big fan of her. Uh, my number two was actually recommended to me by our good friend Ellen, um, okay. and I've been listening to it basically the entire time. Uh, she sent it to me. It's kind of half instrumental, half, you know, you have people on there like Anderson Pack, Snoop Dogg, um, Thundercat. You have all, a, a bunch of different people that join in and feature on these songs. But it's uh, it's Not Tight by Domi and J.D. Beck, who is Ellen's brother-in-law. Beck yeah. is um he was discovered by anderson pack he's a drummer um and domi his girlfriend plays keys but he's a drummer anderson pack discovered him and he's been living in anderson pack's pool house so sick which is awesome <laughs> so, so sick so cool um but uh i've been listening to this album so much it's so it's this weird mix of hip-hop and jazz um but my favorite songs from it are what up smile and take a chance um did not make the the pitchfork top 50 so the review isn't that long um but mm. i think it's one of the best albums i hope they win uh new artist of the year at the grammys which is soon i think it's soon um but here's my review uh the debut album from the virtuistic duo is undeniably accomplished has undeni or is undeniably accomplished a smooth but frenetic set aimed at bringing jazz fusion to a new hyper brain generation 
That's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, that is there, it's not that long because it, it, it didn't make the top fifty. But yeah, everyone yeah. go check this out. It's Ellen's uh, Ellen's brother-in-law who's who's playing the drums on all these songs. It's awesome. Shout out. All right, cool. Um, my number one is not super surprising for people that listen to the show. Uh, it's a beautiful time by Will and Nelson. You probably don't remember me. But I thought I'd let you know That one short conversation Is still the reason why I love you Till the day I die Dropped on April 29th, which was Willie's 89th birthday. Um, it had to be. This is, I, I mean, we love Willie Nelson. Uh, we like we've talked about Willie Nelson a whole bunch on the show. He's just the absolute best. This is my favorite album he's put out in like a while. Um, yeah. I think since probably Band of Brothers in 2014 um, would be, unless I'm missing something that you can think of off the top of your head. But um, this is Willie's 72nd studio album. Yeah, he makes which albums. is nuts. Yeah, it's insane. Um, it's just classic Willie. It's mostly original songs, but there is a cover of "With a Little Help from My Friends" by the Beatles uh, in there, and it's of course it's great. It's yeah. perfect, and I love it. Um, my favorite though is "I'll Love You Till the Day I Die." Um, it's it's a Willie Nelson country love song, which is about as good as country music gets for me. Yeah, yeah. That's so this one. was an easy. This was an easy easy pick for me i like i had my list of 10 that i knew i wanted on my list and like this just felt right the most deserving of being my number one yeah this barely missed my my top 10 um okay my number one no surprise to literally anyone i've been talking about this since our most anticipated of 2022 episode dropped it's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. The world in a panic, the women is stranded, the men on the run. The profits abandoned, the law take advantage, the market is crashing, the industry wants. Niggas and bitches to sleep in the box while they making a mockery following us. This ain't monopoly watching for luck. This ain't monogamy, y'all getting fucked. Jumping on what the hell is that? I gotta relax when I feel. All my descendants, they come in my sleep and say I am too real. I'm done with the sensitive, taking it personal. Done with the black and the white, the wrong and the right. You hoping for change and clericals. I know the feelings that came with burial cries. This is honestly like this is a top three Kendrick album for me, which this has not been as well received as most of his albums. Um, but this is one of my favorites. He kind of does some new stuff in this. He, I think he's trying to like push the needle a little bit and try to kind of go into different genres and, and experiment a little bit with his music and, and it paid off. Uh, my, t- my top three songs are in 95 father time and United in grief. Um, the Pitchfork review is Pain Remains Unresolved on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Kendrick Lamar spends his fifth album celebrating and decreeing his vices and shortcomings. He seeks no absolution, for there is none. There is only searching. While preoccupied with weighty topics like generational scars and the harm we readily inflict upon loved ones, Mr. Morale is not a drag. The moody production ripples with innovation as Lamar surveys his kingly lot with a shrug. I can't please everybody. After pushing Rap's vanguard forward for a decade, he also knows ego can only go so far, and that's okay. That also could have been much worse. Am I just getting soft on Pitchfork? Because I feel like half of the ones you read today were just like, 
like they're all they all have a baseline level of annoying. None of them are not annoying. You know what I mean? But that one was like that was fine. Yeah, no, I'm 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 making you you're you're gonna become a pitchfork person. No, yeah, that's not. <laughs> they use the word undulating and engorged in this and uh, the two two of the albums that you picked. I'm never gonna be a pitchfork fan. It's not happening. Um, yeah, if I'm being completely honest, that deserved a spot on my list. Like it was one of my ten favorite albums of the year. But you have been talking about this for two years now. I was like, I don't want to talk about it before Ty gets to talk about it at number one. And so I left it off. It probably would have been like number eight for me if I had yeah. guessed, but that's low enough that I was like, I, I'll let Ty have <laughs> this one. Okay. Well, everybody just get ready for me to do nonstop talk about Rihanna's next album until it comes out. <laughs> don't do this. Which is, was supposed to come out like seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happening. It's never happening. Okay, um, you ready to take a break? Yeah. All right, we will be right back with Tobin. Hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with me and Ty as we rank our favorite albums of 2022. Um, unfortunately, Ty decided to do the Pitchfork bit again, and so I'm just kind of over here perpetually annoyed, but maybe you're enjoying this more than I am. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just a second by Tobin. He is one of the hosts of Spread the Floor. Uh, he's our resident music guy. And so, of course, we had to have him on this one. We have him on every year. Love talking to music uh, or talking about music with him. Um, so excited to have him join us. Wanted to jump in here real quick, let you guys know next week's episode, uh, we're going to be ranking that guy actors, which is something that randomly we've been talking about doing for a year. And I think we keep putting it off because we, it's a stupid topic that we've just finally convinced ourselves to finally do. Uh, we're going to be joined by our buddy Mason Merritt for that, um, who he is kind of perfect for knowing these like dumb never heard of them actors so i think it'll be i think it'll be really good it'll be a really fun time uh if you have a favorite that guy actor which is an actor that you have seen in a million things but nobody really knows their name uh send that to us you can send it uh, as a discord dm you can let us know in the discord you can email us which is the best way uh at rankingspod at gmail.com don't forget the double k in the middle um, all right back to the show <laughs> We are back with this week's special guest judge. He is the host of Spread the Floor uh, and also recently found out the, the most appearances as uh, of any of our guests on rankings, like in go. the history of rankings. Oh, it's yeah. Tobin Hodges. Tobin, what's up, dude? Uh, it's going to be great. I'm excited to be here again. Uh, I really did like the episode where they ran down the stats. That was pretty crazy. Uh, my son thought it was pretty interesting as well. He's just like, man, you... He's like, is that because you're friends with them or is it because they actually like having you on? And I was like, probably both. A little bit of both. It's, yeah. It's both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know. it's definitely both. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, I sound like garbage today. I've been struggling with the cough. So um It's I fine. Think, I sound like garbage every week. So it's you're allowed to this week. Yeah. No problem. I just figured it's like, you know, I'm I'm in my like, you know, nighttime call in DJ mode. Like, all right, okay. like <laughs> Call in, ladies. Let's, oh, let's talk about your relationship I like problems. This. I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like this character. What's that? T the Tim Meadows. Yeah. Uh, the, ladies the ladies man. Ooh, it. It's a lady. <laughs> Dude, that's one of my favorite movies. Like, say sweet thing. Can I buy you a fish sandwich? Like, <laughs> that's such a that's such God. a classic movie skit that i don't think enough people know about it just it kinda... makes so much sense that you love the ladies man movie it's a very like <laughs> hand in glove fit i mean it was like prime time immature high school college tobin on top of kelly kapowski and her like 
you know, non Kelly Kapowski setting. So it was like, oh, <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen yeah. got hotter. So it just kind of, you know, <laughs> it kind of works. So Jude, just ignore that part if you're listening right now. <laughs> Jude just heard a lot of names that he's never heard before in his entire yeah, right. <laughs> Jude should maybe not listen to this one anyway. We both have uh, songs with cuss words, uh, like the clips that have cuss words That's in them funny. that we're going to be yeah. playing. So maybe just have Jude skip this yeah. one. That's fine. No big deal. Well, maybe maybe uh, he's like Tobin, where he just doesn't listen to the lyrics. He only listens to the to the music. I mean, that's that's how I am. I I don't I don't really know. I haven't really asked him about that. I don't know if he's like that or not. That's definitely how I am, though. Like, I don't. I, I'm more of a music listener than a lyric listener. So, what kind of music does Jude like? Um, he kind of is more traditional pop. Like, yeah, you know, he when he got he got a record player for Christmas and his main album he wanted was the sour album and then and then okay. he's a big uh imagine dragons fan you know because just go. like every other 13 year old boy i guess right um makes sense but he does listen to like a pretty wide array of stuff uh but yeah he's a, he's a big like you know top of the charts type listener because that's how yeah. most most teenagers are at right. this point yeah it was, that. It, it was a weird dad move when you let him get that black eyed peas tattoo yeah that's true i mean <laughs> You got he it. likes what he likes. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> All right, uh, Tobin, you are our uh, our music guy. We have you on for every every music episode that we can. Um, although I do have to warn you that we we have an episode. I think it's a music related episode. Um, is it next month? The month after? I think it's the month after that we don't have you on oh, because no. we we have you on the following weeks episodes <laughs> why does that matter for two i had row. to fill in for ty a couple weeks ago because he didn't want to come on so like i feel like i should be, be given the respect to you know <laughs> not the reason <laughs> that's not what i heard so no it's it's not because he didn't want to it's because he is an adult who doesn't know how to read his work schedule no i'm yeah. sorry i didn't run a pickleball tournament okay there like there's more important things in life you know? that's true the pickleball does rule off so i'll, I'll let that one go <laughs> <laughs> all right uh Tobin, this is our annual episode. This is your third time appearing on this episode. I think we had you on for 2020 albums and 2021 albums. So this is the third year. In a, the, this is gross. Mm-hmm. I don't like <laughs> putting it in that perspective. I don't like thinking about it that way. Third, it is three the third years time we've had to do it, yeah. That's so gross. This show has to end soon. <laughs> can't keep I'm sure y'all already talked about this, but it is the worst year of the three so far. Yes. So that's, yeah. that's probably not a good sign of things to come. Yeah, Which, yeah. also year. one year was a COVID year, and this is still the, the worst year. So, But COVID year had the best music because everybody was just chilling and doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. So it was the best music. Yeah. Um, all right, I say we got a lot to cover. Let's just get into it. Um, Tobin, you've been on a million times before. Um, but just in case, I'm going to read these lists out to you, labeled list A and list B, and then Ty and I are going to be quiet for a little bit, um, and that's your chance to talk about them. Talk about things that you like, things that you didn't like. You can go into specifics. You can kind of give broad strokes. Um, if you brought your own list, which I'm sure you did, that's the best time to do it there. Um, all you really have to do, though, is you do have to pick a winner, and it does have to be one of us. It cannot be your own list, unfortunately. Thank, you can thank Shane for that rule. Um, so if you're ready, um, let's just get into it. Uh, let's say the honorable mentions, the theme is instrumental, entirely instrumental albums. First one is Bloom by Emmanuel. Uh, next is The Seventh Hand by Emmanuel Wilkins. Uh, and finally, Imagine Naked by O Young. Number 10 is Ali by Krongbin. Number 9 is Laurel Hell by Mitski. 
Number eight is Spaceships on the Blade by Larry June. Seven is Untidy Soul by Sam Henshaw. Six is Sometimes Forever by Soccer Mommy. Five is Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. Four is Blood Harmony by Larkin Poe. Three is Moments by Toby and Wigway. Two is Teeth Marks by S.G. Goodman. And number one is A Beautiful Time by Willie Nelson. Let's be the honorable mentions are movie soundtracks, um, and it's Do Revenge, Elvis, and of course Top Gun Maverick. Number 10 is Being Funny in a Foreign Language by the 1975. Nine is Gemini Rights by Steve Lacey. Uh, eight is Surrender by Maggie Rogers. Seven is Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You by Big Thief. Six is Renaissance by Beyonce. Five is Wet Leg by Wet Leg. Uh, four is In These Times by McKay McRaven. Three is Blue Rev by Alves. Always. We couldn't quite figure out which one it was. Uh, two is Not Tight by Domi and J.D. Beck. And number one is Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. Tobin, you have the floor. I got to admit, most of the time with these episodes, the music ones, I immediately know whose list is whose. And I feel like either y'all did this on purpose or... I don't know. Like, there's there's some omissions on list that I that I thought would be there, and then there's there's some list some things that are on list that I would wouldn't have thought would be there. Um, I know whose is whose. Like, I I'm pretty obvious, but like, yeah. Um, and I think when I tell you my list, you'll know who the winner is because because so just a little inside baseball. I made my I've been making my list for about the last two months. I've been trying to like go through. Uh, the stuff I've been listening to this year, which was not a lot. When I when I got my list together, I've learned over the last couple of years that I have to like put things in a Spotify folder to like when I'm listening to it, so that way I don't forget to go back to it at the end of the year because of this dumb episode. So I've, I've been planning this episode <laughs> all year long. Um, but I, when I got to my playlist, I was like, man, I haven't really been listening to new music this year. And so I started doing a lot of research for the last month and a half. So I made my list before you sent me yours because I wanted to, I didn't want to be influenced. And one of your lists is is very similar to mine. So um, I I'll go ahead and say it. My winner is list B, which I'm assuming is Ty's list tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Ty, that might be the first time I've chosen you too. I think for this one. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So. Here's the thing. I was shocked not to see moments on your list. Like that was I, I when I looked when I saw the the albums, I saw moments at three. I was like, Oh, there's ties and I kept going down. I was like, Wait, no, soccer mommy, that's that's Danny. Like, you know, and then a bunch of stuff I didn't know. I was like, Okay, that's that's probably Danny. Uh, a bunch of female singers yeah. too. Ty you is Ty is from Houston, but I am the Toby and Wigway fan. Yeah, I, I guess I, you know, but then I looked at Ty's list and I saw Top Gun Maverick as an honorable mention. I was like, well, crap, is that Danny's list? And like, <laughs> like, but then like Kendrick being number one, I was like, okay, that's, that's definitely Ty. So, um, so let me, here's the thing. I, they're both good lists. Like the only, the biggest difference was, is that my list just, just compared to Ty's a little bit more than Danny's. And Danny, you have a lot of stuff that I just, I hadn't heard before. Some of the stuff I liked and, and it was like stuff I'm going to add to my rotation some of the stuff was just you know not my thing but <laughs> so here let me just go through my list my honorable mentions are they're not quite albums that i that i liked i didn't really like the whole album but i but there's a few songs i really dug so um i have the uh the bad bunny album which i didn't write down the album name so i apologize but the the bad bunny i don't really like bad bunny but he has like a couple songs in that album that are i, I actually can get behind uh, same thing with Harry Styles' new album, Harry's House. Like that, that there's a couple. Of, like I, I really hated as it was when it first because of TikTok, and right. then I like I actually like listened to the song. I was like, this song That's is good. actually really good. Yeah, and yeah I, th- awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not really that into the album, but his singles are good. 
Yeah. So yeah. So that's why it's on my honorable mentions in this case because yeah. I I just didn't uh, I didn't think I could handle um, putting the whole album there because it just doesn't the whole album doesn't really speak to me. And the last one for me, which is gonna be maybe a um, unpopular opinion, is the new Beyonce album. Like it's a great album. It's just not for me. But I I did love a couple songs on it. So I do think it deserves recognition, uh, but that's that's why it's on my honorable mention. Uh, my tenth album is the the Ants from Up There by the oh, Black Country, and I forgot the rest of the name. Hang on one second, I'll pull it up. But this is an album that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, it's real folky, which I, which I've realized is kind of a theme for me this year. Uh, Black Country, New Road. Uh, they it's a, it's a great great album. The 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 top song from the album is. It's one of those albums that has a bunch of long names for songs that, like, even Spotify yeah. can't have the whole name on the, on the <laughs> things. The, the top uh, song on the album is "The Place Where He Inserted the Blade," which is just, you know, haunting but awesome. Very Midwest time. emo vibes. Yeah, with yeah. very yeah. Fallout Boy. Yeah, uh, but it's yeah, it's, it's like the folk version. There you go. It's the folk version of Fallout Boy. Uh, that's my tenth album. At number nine, I had All Vays Blue Rev album, which. I think when I first started making my list a month and a half ago, that was way up there, and then ended up getting pushed down. But it's a good album. Uh, it's very poppy. Uh, yeah. It's very loved by critics. I think that's why I pushed it down, because I was looking at a bunch <laughs> of lists this year, and I was like, man, this is like top five on all these lists. And I was like, maybe I need to push it down. I don't want to be I don't want to be like a pitchfork douche. So, <laughs> so I pushed it down. Uh, number eight, I got to admit, I listened to this album solely because of the title in the the album art. And I ended up falling in love with it, which is the Ramona, Ramona Park Broke My Heart from Vince Staples. And it's just oh, a yeah. picture of this woman who I'm assuming is Ramona Park. And I had to think to myself, if there really is a Ramona Park and that really is her picture on an album that's pretty, pretty big. I, yeah. I can't imagine how that feels, but also that I just thought it was pretty dope. Uh, album ended up being pretty good. I, I listened to it thinking I, would, I wouldn't really like it, but uh, it's it good. Crack on my top ten. I really like it. Uh, number seven for me is the self-titled album from Marcus Mumford uh, because oh, yeah. I I super love I forgot about this. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I was surprised There's a couple that, that the freaking Maggie Rogers album I forgot yeah. about and then this one I just forgot exi- Dang it. Suck. Yeah, Maggie Rogers so missed bad. my um Maggie Rogers <sighs> missed my list barely. Um but yeah, so this one My list sucks. I didn't I didn't think I would I, I really wanted to like this album because I, I missed like early Mumford, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, the Jason Sudeikis era of Mumford. That's what it's really. <laughs> so I, I, it was cool. Famously, that's what it's yeah, called. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. Jason Sudeikis sure. era. Yeah. Um, it's, I really do like the, the folk style. Like, and can, he kind of brings that back and puts his own like flavor on it. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's not, you know, they because they, like their last album or two they went kind of went pop and you know it's yeah. fine try things different yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad it just it wasn't it wasn't what i grew to love in them so this was cool to see that kind of go back so i had to put it in my top 10 um i really liked that uh number six for me is mr morale and the big steppers i think this would have been higher um earlier in the year i had to get my head around the fact that this sounds so douchey so i had to get my head around the fact that it's more of a performance art than it is music yeah. And and that's that's the only reason I don't have a higher. But I I just man, it's it's really good. Kendrick is always a top listen for me, uh, regardless of what he does. But uh, it's not one that I sit down and just put on to listen to when I'm when I want to listen to music. So that's why it's not as high for me. Um, number five for me 
is the Misadventures of Doom Scrollers by the band Dawes. I think I might be cheating a little bit. I think this might be an EP because it's only got seven tracks on it, but it's not labeled That's as fine. it's not labeled as an EP. Um, yeah. I love Dawes. Like it's one of those like I don't. Do y'all know who Dawes is? No, I've never heard of. Oh man. No. Okay, this might be this might be a band nerd thing. If I'm being honest, um, they they have a few albums that I I, f- I feel like if I were to play songs for you from their past albums that you probably like would have heard it from like 2009, 2015. They, they had a song called All Your Favorite Bands. Um, oh, what's the other one? Um, oh, I'm blanking. Uh, a little bit of everything. Like there's a it's just it's just a kind of like da- like a you know Tennessee style of music. Um, it's really good. And they haven't come out with an album in a while, but it's it's like it's just really good musicianship, really good music, and so I, uh, it's like I said, it kind of hits my heartstrings a little bit, but I really liked it a lot. Uh, number four for me, and this is a shock to me because Ty, I'm pretty sure, whenever we talked about our bangers, like our you know songs you're listening to at the moment, and you put what is it, Shea Lounge or Chase Lounge or whatever, Shea's Lounge, yeah. Shea's Lounge, uh, on your list, I made a lot of fun of you for it. And this album, like, I dig it. I love it. Yes. It's, my, it's my fourth album. I I, I was really no, surprised. I was really surprised. I I did not think I would like it as much after hearing Shea Lounge from uh, from you that one time. And then I listened to the whole album. I was like, okay, like I kind of get it now. And so it's my fourth album. It's really good. I bought the vinyl. Ass. I bought the vinyl for it over the holidays, actually. So. Uh, Number three for me is Midnights by my girl T Swift. It's my basic white girl album. So I I don't think I loved this album at first as much as I w- thought I would. And the more I listened to it, the more I, I was like, I kind of got it, and I and I wanted to listen to it more. Um, I do think that in my head at least, like TikTok kind of ruined the album a little bit for me because it was just like every freaking TikTok I was watching had like a clip from her song, or it's like I just got tired of it, but. I really did. Uh, by by the time of the year it was over, I I really dug dug into the album and really liked it and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it just, didn't it didn't miss my list by a lot. It kind of just missed my list. I realized when I was putting my list together and thinking about whether or not to put it in. I love Americana Taylor Swift, and I just kind of like pop Taylor Swift. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's why for me it missed because like I pop music is where she makes her money and like the most popular and most well-loved i get it and i don't like dislike the pop music that she puts out i just really love the americana stuff so knowing yeah. that i could be getting that while i'm getting pop stuff instead makes me a little more down on it than i, than yeah. I normally would be but like it didn't miss my list by a lot i'm gonna yeah, be I, honest i'm gonna get a lot of lashback people yelling at me for it i forgot to listen to this album i still haven't mm. listened to it it's not bad. Like, it's I was like good. in a weird like Broadway mood when this album came out, and I was only listening to like Book of Mormon and mm-hmm. all these other musicals, and I just forgot to listen to this one, and then just forgot about it's it. Totally normal behavior, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. For me, yes. For most people, yeah. no. I, dude, I'm, I'll get down on Book of Mormon soundtrack any day. I love that oh, stuff. Yeah. I just like she she's singing about sexy babies and monsters on a hill, and I just want another song with Bonnie Vare. That's all I, I mean. Think about the whole time. Listen. That was kind of my hesitation too when I first when it first came out, but then it kind of like 
you know, sat with me like this. This is still a great pop album. But you're right. Like if if she made an Americana album, it'd be number one on the list, like hands down. There's no there's no mm-hmm. doubt. So, um, but yeah, I still I still ended up loving it more than I thought it would. I think if it was a normal like good year of music, it definitely would have been lower on my list, and it might not mm-hmm. have even made it. But um, it definitely it's it's definitely good. Uh, number two for me is Moments by Toby and Inigwe. Just I love everything. Okay. Love everything he does. Uh, Really, it's my really good rapper stuff. By a lot, yeah. I talk. I've talked about him such an annoying amount that even like when I brought him up on the episode, Ty was like, "Yeah, this is like the the thirtieth episode that you yeah. talked about Toby." We, so I can't, I can't help it. He's my favorite rapper by a lot. Yeah, and it seems like this album has kind of pushed him from like slightly known rapper to getting noticed. So it'll be interesting to see what yeah. he does with that. He could either be really awesome and he could do some really cool stuff with the money behind it, or it could be terrible and he could just totally sell out. So it'll be interesting to see what he does yeah. from this point forward. But this this album is really good. Um also he brought back Chameleonaire, so Yeah. Like if you could successfully put Chameleonaire in your song then you deserve Yeah, you, if you put Chameleonaire and Dame Willard on your on your album <laughs> and it's still great, like that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so you deserve props. Yeah. Uh and my number one is uh, Cruel Country by Wilco. I oh yeah yeah they probably should have been on my list. They this a dude suck a duck. I Why can't you doing this. <laughs> I can't so remember. Well, this you know again I wouldn't have remembered this if it wasn't for me actually like stupidly preparing for an episode that y'all are giving me all the monies for. Um, but I think if I remember correctly, I'm looking it up because I'm I wrote the, I wrote this down. Um, if I remember correctly, they kind of like decided to take a turn with their band and do something different. And uh, here we go. They, they had like the alternative country tag for years and, uh, Jeff Tweedy just kind of embraced it and decided to lean into the Americana, like twangy focal, like it's just like, it's like a social commentary on all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, I super love it when bands, do something like do something different with their I mean that's like I mean like when they do this kind of road like when Justin Timberlake was coming out with that um oh what's the album that, like the, the right after 2020 uh I forget what it's called but he like he like pr- he advertised this album it's the it's the whatever the man in the woods or whatever uh sorry, mm-hmm. this is great radio um yeah the man in the woods like the way he was advertising this made me think that like Oh, he's going to like do a folk album. He's going to do an Americana album. And I was like, heck yeah. Like, I'm so down for that. And then it wasn't that at all. And so it's so disappointing. So, like, seeing people do kind of what Taylor did and kind of strip things back and do Americana, like, I'm a sucker for that. And so uh, it's a great album. I super love Wilco's uh, earlier stuff as well. Um, It's just, it's really cool to hear um, the way they've reorchestrated themselves in this album. So I'm I'm really pumped about that album. It's, it's a great listen. So if y'all haven't, you know, if you like Wilco at all, it's still a good listen. Uh, I just should we do, do? Sorry to cut you off. Should no, we do a musicians who should do an album in a different genre episode? Dude, Ooh. that would. Dude, that's a good one. Putting on the episode ideas channel. That would be great. I I'm because that's kind of like like super cover songs. We've done a cover songs album, and it's you know, but that's like super cover songs of. Here's what I want so and so to do, but. Uh, <laughs> Ty, 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 did you do the pitchfork reviews on yours? Yeah. Yes. So it I got wasn't a couple. As bad, but yeah. No, I got a, so I got a couple bad. from Amazon. Okay. Oh no! So, so I was I, done with these for the wet leg. <laughs> God. 
the user's name is the big Z Z Z Z Z Z. It says gets my vote for the most overhyped band ever. Boring monotone vocals over jerky beats. Sounds like a Dollar Tree version of the band Cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one star Amazon reviews. Is actually yeah, like these very are all one idea. stars. Here's one. That's from, actually very good. That's way better than Pitchfork. <laughs> here's here's one from uh, Pat for Midnight's. It says, this item is too vulgar for me. It's disgusting. It's trash, exclamation point. It is such a shame when artists feel that they have to curse or wear clothing that is sexual in nature just to sell their music. I am done buying music by Taylor Swift. Also, Boy. side note, I'm pretty sure my mom wrote that re review. So, but <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> so for Alves, uh, one star review, it says, it's a fine album for background tunes. <laughs> <laughs> such a, which is such a slap in the face. It's like you, you know, it's fine, but your, but your vocals suck. Like <laughs> in the last one, so this, this is just straight. This is for Kendrick's album. The whole CD suck. I don't know who give the C. I don't know. I don't who give the CD all five stars. This thing is trash. I, that is how it's written. Um, which is hilarious because like my first thought is first of all. You can't even put a sentence together. Second of all, who the heck is buying CDs anymore? Like, <laughs> who is buying a CD? If you're oh. if you are buying a CD and leaving one star Amazon reviews, just stop listening to music from 2022. Go I'm back trying to, to think the of 80s. like what's the last CD I bought, and I truly can't remember. I know what mine is. I I know my last two because I've had a Spotify yeah. membership for years because Spotify is the greatest thing ever, um, or whatever. Apple Music's fine too, but like I've been on Spotify since the beginning. Because I I didn't want to do Pandora, I didn't want to do all that stuff. So the last two, so t Taylor Swift's 1989, because she wasn't on Spotify when that came out. I bought mm. that album, and then Beyonce's Lemonade for the same reason when that album came out. Those are the last two albums I bought, and ever since then I have not bought anything. Like not, I'll even have a CD player in my car. I mean, either that's what I was just thinking. I, my last two cars haven't even had yeah. CD players. So I I've always like middle school was like I iTunes dropped, and I only bought stuff on iTunes. So I think the last CD I bought was the Carter Three by Lil Wayne, mm. oh, and I, I made my mom CD. play it in the car on the way to school every day because that's what Michael Phelps used to warm up to in the 2000s. Nice, honestly, great album. Yeah, here's so, the thing: if Brian Gill is switching to streamed music and not doing hard copy music, that tells you how far that it's dead. It's yeah. dead because Brian is the most analog person ever. <laughs> and he has even switched. Cause when I was doing Spotify, he was like, I just can't, I don't trust it. Like I'll get all this music and then they'll disappear. Same thing with movies. Like I, Grandpa. I'll buy this music on, on Apple and then it'll disappear. If, you know, if they lose the rights for it. And so he's, he was just so like, or no, his big thing with music was, I, I have my playlist curate, curated the way I like them. And so on his iTunes. So, old man. so yeah, if he is not buying CDs, sir, who's leaving one star reviews for Kendrick, you need to stop yeah. bu also buying stop. CDs. <laughs> Please stop buying like, CDs. Maybe take like an English class. Yeah, or that. Yeah, that too. Yeah. What's the first CD you guys ever bought? Ooh, good question. The first one, uh, it's yeah. the, the, I don't know what the album's called, but it's the white uh, Backstreet Boys album. Solid. Yeah. I got nice. three. I, I went to CD Warehouse and got three for my first one. Okay. I, I My dad came home with a CD player <clears throat> when I think I was like eight maybe, and it was a big deal. And so like we went to the CD Warehouse. So for the children listening, CD Warehouse was basically a place where you could go buy 
use CDs and take old take your CDs and trade them. You know, it's basically GameStop for CDs, which is mm-hmm. GameStop is even antiquated at this point. But um, <laughs> I went and got Ace of Base, nice. like the, the original Ace of Base <laughs> album. The Thank Lion you. King soundtrack. Yes. Great, great yeah, soundtrack. Great soundtrack. And the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, God, yes. of course you did. The weirdest collection of music. And, like, you know, eight-year-old me singing highly inappropriate songs without knowing what the, <laughs> what the connotations and innuendos actually were. But my parents had no clue. So those are my first three CDs. My first CD that I bought with my own money was The Red Light District by Ludacris. <laughs> Yes. Gross. It's slap, dude. I, <laughs> I saw him live in concert at a teen club one time. It was Ew. not a good yeah. choice. Listen, yeah. as an adult now, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Teen really clubs. Teen clubs, horrible idea. As an adult, as a teen, I'm like, heck yeah, let's go to the teen. Let's go to Venice Beach across the street from <laughs> Wet and Wild. So I was like 12 years old, listening to Blueberry Yum Yum by Ludacris. Yeah. I was like, this is the best song I heard. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think may, that was the album with Move Get Out the Way, maybe. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. It, definitely yeah. was. It has some bangers. I may have talked about this before, but speaking of presidents of the United States of America, uh there is a so the the lead singer of that, I can't remember his name off the top of my hands, uh top of my head. He uh Yeah, I don't know why I messed up my hands. Uh it's it's Chris Ballou. Chris Ballou, who's like the head of the presidents, they um that you know, they they're known for like songs that are like you know cheesy whatever they wrote the theme song to the drew carey show and you know a bunch of stuff like that he has made a living and like passed that and transitioned into a kids music writer like he has 20 albums of like kids music with just the most ridiculous theming and like you know just great songs but here's the thing it is phenomenal like the musicianship like they have like a you know Rhodes Keys awesome. player. It's like some of the best music, and they're talking about you know Stompy the Bear and Gloria the ele- the Gloria the Elephant and stuff. And it's some I bet of the, he makes bank too, dude. Like he just he just figured. I, I think if I remember correctly, he basically said like I wanted good music from my from my babies, and no one was making him except for Raffy. And so he was like, so I figured I'd be a better Raffy, and that that was like kind of what he like what his premise was. And now he has like you know, hundreds of albums of just ridiculous kid music. And like, honestly, like I'll listen to it and it's kind of like the music version of Bluey. Like there's adults that watch Bluey and love it. Like I'll listen to this music and be like, heck yeah. Like run, baby, run, run. I bet he's making way more money now than he was. For sure. For sure. He is. And it's way easier too. I'm sure he just sits down and be like, Hey, what if we talked about a jellyfish today? All right, cool. (laughs) Hit record. Let's go. Like, (laughs) that's so sick. That's awesome. Uh, did either of y'all listen? This album barely missed my list, but uh, the Smiles album, uh, Tom York, uh, Johnny no. Greenwood, um, mm-hmm. and then someone else, A Light for Attracting Attention. It was pretty good. Probably no, the I best haven't. like Radiohead side project that has happened. It was so good no. that you didn't put it on your list. Okay, got it. It barely missed my list. <laughs> yeah, 1975 knocked it out. <laughs> Oh, see, I, the 1975 barely missed my list because I love them too. The, was it called A Light for Attracting Attention? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. The only album that didn't make my list that hasn't been, or that just barely missed my list that hadn't been talked about is the Muna album. It almost <laughs> almost made my list. It's in that the Phoebe Bridgers vein of, of new music coming out. Yeah, also, yeah. Phoebe, can you make more music, please? Like, I would love to have your album on this list instead of 
other things. She's she's dating. She's too busy dating Bo Burnham. Well, when so, he breaks her heart, the album is going to be amazing. I can't. Oh my gosh! Wait. And then whatever stand-up slash movie slash script he writes after that is going to be also amazing. It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's like Any the one other... relationship where it's like, okay, like maybe I want him to break up because the art they produce will be so good, but also like I'm rooting for someone's sadness. <laughs> so. Yeah. Real conundrum there for you. Huh? Uh, any other thoughts on our lists or 22, 22 albums in general before I get to emails? No, let's just hope that oh. 2023 is better than 2022. What did you think about the uh, Domi and JD Beck album? Dude, I did not like that one, if I'm being honest. But okay. it's just not my thing. It's You're not right, Ellen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Ellen's uh, brother-in-law. How oh, is it really? I mean, yeah. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the he doesn't listen Ellen. to this podcast. He lives in Anderson Pack's pool house, so he's way no, too but, cool to listen No, but to Ellen podcast. does sometimes, and she's way meaner than he could Well, so here's the thing. It's not that I don't like it. It's just not my thing. Like, right. I didn't. I did. I wish you would have told me that before you just hang me out to dry like <laughs> that, though. Yeah, that was Golly. pretty crappy. <laughs> That was pretty. Uh, but now pretty that I know that, I, now that I know somebody by proxy, I'll listen to it with a different ear. Now maybe I'll actually like it. So, it's but okay. it's just yeah, not my thing. Like I, that. it's it's just yeah. it's just like again, I again. If you can't tell, I noticed this year I went through a very Americana phase, which I do typically yeah. go through. Those, hey, welcome so. to my whole life, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what was it last year? I last so two years ago, like it was Danny's really that got me into more of a more of the female front singers. So then like my list in 2022 was a lot of female front stuff, which again, you know, so, I'm an influencer. Yeah, dude. that's true. So maybe, maybe this year I'll you. be influenced better. <laughs> All right. Let's, Thank you so much. Yeah, me too. Let's get to, let's get to the emails. Uh, we got three this week. First one, our boy D Scrib is back. I, love, I still haven't I, listened to, he has a podcast. Uh, they talk about animated movies. Uh, he mentions it in this email. Okay. Um, he also is not thrilled with us in this email. Um, D Scripps says, Dear Strength Kings, due to your unfortunate slander of Jim Carrey in your previous previous episode, I will not be providing a list as a form of protest. Mm. However, I figured I'd send an email without a list anyway, because unless I wasn't informed, I don't really think there's many rules to which you can and can't send. That's a good point. We should maybe make rules at some point, but at nah. this point we have not. Um, said, I will admit I was, it was a bit of a knucklehead move on my part to lead Ty a clear path to my podcast where my name is revealed. However, if I'm not mistaken, one would need very astute hearing to hear my name mentioned on the podcast, especially when it leads to the Shrek episode where we all sounded like we were drowning. So I think it'll be fine. Um, in the case that my name is revealed, I won't be able to do anything to retaliate. Even if I was able, I would probably wouldn't do it anyway. But you will have ruined a perfectly good bit. So choose wisely that one guy, Describ. So he's just daring you to kill his bit, Ty. I'll think about Pause it. Him. But Jim Carrey, not funny. <laughs> I guess I didn't hear so, that part of the episode yet. Like, what, what was y'all's Jim Carrey? I think it was... It's, uh, it's we not had a, one specific episode. We've talked about him a few times. This no, show, we're just it not was. Jim Carrey, guys. It, it was last episode. Um, Ron sent in the, uh, the punishments that were passed on. Mm. And one of them was Jim Carrey movies. We're just not really Jim Carrey guys. It's just there's only so far that physical comedy can take you. For I would me, venture that D Scrib might be my age, and he probably has the nostalgia of Ace Ventura in The Mask and stuff like that. That would be my yeah. guess. Jim Jim Carrey has more range than people give him credit for, though. 
He he's does. Really he just doesn't use it very often. I, yeah. I think he's great when he's not doing the over the top physical comedy. But like that, that's that one show on Showtime where he's like the, you know, the the Mister Rogers character or whatever. Like that's like oh, I, I, I about that one. yeah, it's like a he basically is the Showtime version of Mister Rogers in like he has a death in his family or something like that. So he talks about grief and like basically starts doing like real life episodes of like here's grief, here's this, here's that, and it like you know. Becomes I could thing. see him being really good at that. And it was really, it was like the few episodes I watched, it was fantastic. Like it was great. Yeah. But then you like, you know, an hour later, you see him on the new Sonic movie. And you're like, oh, there he is. There's the Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like, so that's yeah. the Sonic movie, Jim Carrey. The like, also uh, the real life it, Jim Carrey is terrifying. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's my question then. Where do y'all stand on Adam Sandler? Love Adam Sandler. <sighs> yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's like anything like, even his bad movies like still make me laugh a little bit, except for the one where because he's, he's got a lot him. of that Jim Carrey yeah. in the him. Diff- the difference is Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler does silly characters. Jim Carrey rely. Jim Carrey is when he is over the top is very like physical with his comedy, and most of them are very similar. Yeah, characters. You know what I mean. Adam Sandler does goofy characters with goofy voices. Jim Carrey, like, crawls out of a rhinoceros's butt. You know, like it's just different types of over the top. Yeah, Adam Sandler also brings Kevin James around though. So he made That's Billy fair. Madison, so he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair point. Uh, next email is from Dennis. Dennis Gardman. Uh, uh, I mean, we probably should have put Dennis's album. I'm just kidding. I don't think he has an album this year. <laughs> Was that last year you had an album? I think I put his album on last year. Yeah, that okay. was last year. Yeah. Um, ooh, also, sorry, he starts with Hi, Ty, and Danny. Doesn't mention Tobin. Ooh. Tobin, right. who Never he's actual like real life friends with and like hangs out with and stuff. Wow. Thanks a lot, Dennis. Shut up. <laughs> um, oh shoot, his album episode. is his, okay. His album is 2022. <laughs> Uh, my bad, Dennis. I actually really love your album. If you haven't heard Dennis's album, it's called Proximity. It's really great. It's about um, it is good. It's about I've, his I've, uh, love, love scorned summer, and it's really good. So check it out. Yeah, it is actually genuinely good, even without doing I. Friend play I genuinely games. thought it was from 2021, and I because I, I really did think about plugging his album at least in my honorable mentions, and I just I just. I guess I, this has been a long year. I didn't realize because it, it came out. You know what? That's true because it came out when we were at camp together last year. So, my B. Yep. You didn't put it on your list and he didn't say hi to you at the beginning yeah, of his true. email. I think you're even. Yeah. I said, excited to hear this episode. Here's my list. These are my favorite albums, 10 through 2, in no particular order, which is against the whole spirit of Sorry, the show. Sorry. I'm going to like. Wait, I'm gonna, 10 through I'm gonna 2? Stop. That means he probably has one album he knows is number one, but the rest he could, yes. could be interchanged. Here's the thing. Correct. If he puts his own album on his list, I take back everything I said, though. <laughs> He's Let's not. See. Yeah, don't be Kanye. Oh, he also, he did 10 through 2, but didn't rank them. Then is number one. Then is honorable mentions. So okay. these are all backwards. Dennis, have you listened to the rankings before? I'm going to start with his honorable mentions. Uh, the first one is Give or Take by Giveon. I have no idea that is. Familiar. He listens to a lot uh, of ne- music, yeah. Next one is New Hollywood by What Up RG, but it's all one word and it's all in all caps. Um, next one is Candy Drip by Lucky Day, um, and then Wasteland by Brent Fias, and finally The Joy of Music by Ben Rector. I've heard of Ben Rector. Ben Rector's good, yeah. Yeah, Ben um, Rector, right. Rector is just inescapable yeah. for me right now. Working yeah, oh yeah, working at Christian Summer Camps. Oh yeah, they're all fully Ben Rector, yeah. Um, all right, his favorite albums, 10 through 2, in no particular order, is Charlie by Charlie 
Puth? Puth? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ramona Park Broke My Heart by Vince Staples. Oh, okay. Uh, Being Funny in a Foreign Language by the 1975. Let's go. Uncanny Valley by Coin. Uh, Harry's House by Harry Styles. Don FM by The Weeknd. Uh, Five Seconds Flat by Lizzie McAlpine, which I also forgot about. Should have been on my list. I really like that album. You missed um, like that. What that? That's like six. Each. Yeah, I really got to do the Tobin thing where I like actually keep track throughout the year instead of just doing a. Mad Wait, what was dash that last one? January. Uh, Five Seconds Flat by Lizzie McAlpine. Oh yeah, that's a good one. It's really good. Uh, SOS by SZA, which is fun, uh, and then Renaissance by Beyonce. Um, said about the unquest- unquestionable number one for me is Mr. Morale and the Big Stabbers by Kendrick Lamar by a lot. Yes. So, yeah, point. he loves that album. And then he j- just ends it with, okay, bye. It's <laughs> a good list. It's a good list. Pretty good. He, he is the equivalent of like, anytime I see him listening to music or he tells me about new music, he makes me feel old because I'm just like, I don't, who the heck is what up RG? Like, like he's like, <laughs> he's the person that makes me like realize I'm losing touch on some stuff, but yeah, I'm glad that I had some stuff on his list too. So that's that's good. That's wild that he's the person that does that, and you like you have a 13 year old son. Yeah, but my 13 year old listens to Imagine Dragons and Olivia Rodrigo. Fair so point. fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Um, okay, last uh, but certainly not least is Hannah Roberts, our friend Hannah. All right, um, she love said, Hannah. She started with "Not me finally sending an email again." Okay, <laughs> calm down. Uh, no order because how do you pick a favorite child? Except I do have a favorite child, and it's Everett. That's her dog. Yeah, her everyone dog. has her a favorite is child. Everett. It's that's a yeah. lie. Yeah, it's not me, and it's not me. Which is I get it. You know, <laughs> it, it is me. It's my we youngest get, brother, Patrick. Patrick's the favorite child, but you know, yeah, there's a favorite child. I'm the favorite, which feels pretty good. Um. Uh, she starts with again. This also not ranked. Uh, which this we do one thing here. <laughs> okay, we rank things. It's we literally it in the name, by the way. We, so, um, all right, she starts with uh, SOS by SZA. Um, might be my most listened to. To be honest, uh, it's been on repeat since it dropped. Dripping with angst and sexiness. SZA in a nutshell, for real. Love the sound. SZA for life. Can I? Can I interrupt? Have y'all listened Please. to this album? A few songs. I don't think I've listened to one second of it, and it's it, this is completely petty. It's a hundred percent because of her name. I hate that name. Like, really? I don't know. I don't know why. It's like I didn't listen to that that Sia girl because it's her stupid like. Ooh, I love Sia. Half black, half like always covering her face hair, you know. And I and I feel like that was petty because I'm sure she has good music, but like yeah, I kind of dig Sia. Sia's pretty. <laughs> Like SZA is it's for whatever reason, like I it it just triggers me every time I see that. The album know. cover cover is sick though. It's okay. got a really good album cover. I don't know. I, I, maybe I need to check it out. I guess, but sorry, I'm inter- I'm interrupting. Keep going. It's okay. Uh, next one is Luke Combs. Growing up, she said uh, Luke is my boy. This album was all bangers, no skips, and he announced recently that we'll be getting yet another new album in March. I can't wait. She loves Luke Combs. She talks about Luke Combs a lot. I got tickets to Luke Combs at the rodeo, I, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know. Someone else bought the tickets. I forgot who's playing that night. But um, Okay, now that I'm reading down her list, she didn't just put 2022 albums. These are apparently just albums she listened to in 2022. Okay, okay so just any that's album. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, next one is from 2021. It's 2 Chains. Dope Don't Sell Itself. She said, 2K, 2 Chains, a.k.a. My Obsession. I hope he knows that. This album is great. Pick a track, turn up the volume, and enjoy. That's the recipe. I would guess he doesn't know that you're obsessed with him, but maybe. Who might it? But he does have the mustard on the beat, so. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, next one is from 2018. It's Mo Lauda and the Humble's Creatures. Uh, one of the most unique and excellent groups that I've brought into my sphere. All their other albums are honestly perfect, too. This one was just my most listened to overall. Check them out. Um, next is from 2020. It's Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. Need I say more? Miley's a goat. Midnight Sky slapped a little too hard, especially the fact she did a mashup with Stevie Nicks when she combines it with Edge of Seventeen. Give me what I want. Angels like you and High are my other faves. And of course, we love Miley Cyrus. So uh, I think that made my 2020 albums. Love Miley. I think. Uh, another 2020 album is After Hours by The Weeknd. I have so much respect for this man's creativity. I have a very interesting theory about the deeper meaning of this album. Put on your tinfoil hat and DM me if you want to hear what that is. I Ty, don't yeah. like The Weeknd. No, either do I. I it is like it's just grating to me. Like the music. I think this is this is very old man of us. I think that we're all kind yeah, of just that's definitely the true. But see, I love pop music. Like he makes the kind of music I should love. It's just there's just something about his music specifically that I is, think. I think he did like his first album was good, and then he got like I mean obviously it's easy to say sell out because like you know that's that's the easy yeah. you know I really truly think though that like he got real big and then just mm -hmm. just like hit the button to make popular music and that's what he does. So yeah, it does what Drake does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a really good cameo in Uncut Gems though. Yeah, solid. <sighs> Uh, next one is An Evening with Silk Sonic by Silk Sonic. Uh, Bruno and Anderson Pack, yes, please. It was a collab we all wanted but didn't realize that it could yeah. ever be a possibility. So smooth and so retro and yet so new. Gives another one we want more. I think this was on my list last year. I think if not, so. it should have been. I think it was, yeah. though. Um, Manchester Orchestra's The Million Masks of God. Angel of Death might be my most favoritist song of 2022. Again, it's a 2021 album, so that's pretty hard. Uh, this whole album <laughs> rules. Uh, next one is Lucky Day's Candy Drip, uh, new in 2022. Look at that. Uh, R&B of, of the finest and most individual variety, Lucky Day is money. Uh, and then finally, another 2022 album is The Forever Story by Jid. She said, Jiddy, I love you. One of the best lyricists in the rap game, and I'm constantly blown away by his exclusive differentness. He's in a league of his own. I don't. People talk a lot about Jid. I don't know who that is, I don't think. I've never heard of him. Yeah. A lot of people in the Mad About Movies Discord are super into them, so um, I guess I should probably check it out. Since I didn't know the rules, I didn't know we could include any album we listened to in 2022. Can I put uh, the Beatles' White Album as my number one, actually? <laughs> if you want to yeah. lose and be boring. Uh, she ends with, she ends with Hot Regards, Hold on, hold on, Hannah. hold on. Hey, what is Hot Regards? What did you just say? Mean? I was making a joke about Ty. Relax. Okay. Did you just call the White Album boring, though? I'm not into the Beatles. I think the Beatles music right. is better when not Maybe the Beatles. Maybe it's good you are not it. putting me on the next music episode cuz <laughs> What is the next music episode? I'll tell you off here. <laughs> I don't want to spoil. It's like a oh, March yeah. episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what it's it was. A, I remember it's that. a Mar yeah. Um yeah, Hannah signs off with Hot Regards Hannah Roberts. What does Hot Regards mean? I don't mean? know. I didn't like that. Ty's been violated. Life. Hannah's said some weird stuff specifically to me. Like she said some very, you know, a sexual innuendo about like Greg, me and Greg Abbott that just what? made me more uncomfortable than anything in my entire life. <laughs> I yeah. did. Did I miss this? 
Yeah, she just like goes off in the Discord randomly for no reason. I lo- honestly, I love it. Yeah, I know, it's great. It's chaotic, but I think it's great when it happens. I do want to know what hot regards means, though. It makes me a little uncomfortable. I kind of love that. I'm gonna start signing all my texts with that. <laughs> I well, sent like her cold, a... cold regards would be like, you know. Yeah, well, I, I added her in that. the Discord and I said, "Hey, what does hot regards mean?" And she said, "It's like w- it's like warm regards, but more." Okay, Which I don't. I don't like it. Though. I'm not sure I've ever used the words warm regards, regards either. That's that seems warm weird. regards. Regards. Yeah, I can't even say it. Yeah. All right, we need to get out of here. Tobin's sick. I'm sleepy because I had a long day. Ty's been drunk since noon. We need to just. <laughs> I've been driving all day from Waco, man. <laughs> Ew, that's worse. You have the worst day of all of us, maybe. Um, right, you guys ready to go? Yeah, yeah let's do it. All right, thank you for listening to the rankings. Huge thank you to Tobin Hodges. Listen to Spread the Floor if you're into basketball. Uh, or if you're not, just be a good friend and listen to Tobin's podcast, you jerk. Um, you can <laughs> Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RankingsPod. Don't forget the double K in the middle. Join our Discord. It's free, and you can find the link to that in our social media bios and our show notes. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then. Usually I don't like to read reviews, but I'm just excited. Like, I can't, I can't wait. I want to know how people feel about it, and I want to know how much they love it. So uh, here we go. Um, what do you see? Well, it's Pitchfork. It's, they gave it a negative review. They didn't like it? No, like it's a negative four out of ten. Positive ten, I assume. Pitchfork can be kind of pretentious, though, so. But, oh, what? You're making a knock my hustle. Let's look at another one. Let's pull it up. Rolling Stone. Okay. Um, out of four possible stars, Rolling Stone has given it the shit emoji.